The Bengals are in last place in the AFC North. The Raiders are the last 0-3 team. And of course, the Jags are sitting atop the AFC South, just as we all predicted. Let's dive right in. Go! And I'm your host, Bob. And it is week four in the NFL. Bob and I have predicted every single thing that's happened thus far in this regular season in all of the NFL. All of the, you know, teams that are sitting in first place right now. All the teams that are just stinking it up. Obviously, we saw every single one of them coming. Obviously, duh. I mean, who didn't? Especially (laughs) us. Yeah, I mean, didn't you hear all of our uh, preseason rankings where we put the Jags at number one and yep. had the Raiders in last place and all that, yeah. all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I, Actually, I remember that vaguely. If I remember correctly, didn't one of us have the Raiders winning the AFC West and it wasn't yours truly? You did? No. Nope. That would be yours truly. You're saying like yourself? No, I'm saying you. Yeah, I, I did not have the Raiders winning. I had them, I think, in third. Uh, but I did have them ahead of the Chiefs, and I'm regretting that. <laughs> why did I think Big that you time. had? Why did I think that you had them winning at all? Did you not? I did not have them winning at all. I did not have them winning at all. But I did have them higher than last place. So oh, you, I, you okay. Know, just egg on my face, pants around my ankles on that one. Humpity dumpity. Humpity dumpity, and egg on both of our face for how we did in confidence pool with week three. Obviously, I'm sure you could tell that we are joking around. We clearly do not have a handle on anything this NFL season, but we're going to turn it around right here. But before we move forward, we always got to look back at how we did in our confidence pool league. I'm going to let you just breeze through this one real quick, Bob, uh, just because we don't want to dwell on it too much. But why don't you go ahead and give us an update? All right. I will try to breeze through this um, PTSD-inducing week that we just had. But yeah, unfortunately, so just a quick little recap. We are currently 19th out of 25, which does sound pretty grim, but we are only a total of 43 points behind the overall leader, and they have a total record of 26 and 21, while we're only one game behind at 25 and 22. So the record, we're still above 500. We just have not been great with our point distribution so far. So not all bad there, but unfortunately bad was week three, as Mac alluded to. So we finished with a dismal, and I'm 99.999% sure this is our worst by at least 20 points, but we got 53 total points. Um, We got six games uh, correctly chosen. That is not a uh, misspoken sentence. We got 10 incorrect. Uh, So I'm just going to rapid fire through the ones we missed. We had Steelers over the Browns at four points. We had the Raiders over the Titans at 10. We had the Chiefs over the Colts at 16. And I have a lot to, as I know we both do, have a lot to say about Indianapolis. So we're coming for you later on in the show. But we missed that game at 16. We missed the Bills over the Dolphins. Huh? At seven. We missed the Lions uh, over the Vikings at one. Yeah, so I could have... uh, 
could have seen that one coming, but we'll talk about that one later. Uh, well, we missed... you chose them too. Uh, or no, you didn't, actually. <laughs> Never mind. Humpity dumpity, humpity dumpity. But, you know, only one. So I'm not mad about that one. Uh, we missed the Saints over the Panthers 11. We missed the Chargers over the Jags. Not only missed it, they lost by 28 points at home at 15. So if you're keeping score, we've missed 16 and 15, WTF. We missed the Seahawks over the Falcons at 8. We missed the Bucks over the Stinky Packers at 6. And finally, we missed the Niners over the Broncos at 5. So yeah, never a great week when you miss 16 and 15. But you know what? Onward and upward, let's just rinse our hands of week 3. And let's start talking about the uh, opportunities for Buko Bucks that we have ahead of us. How about that? All right, I like that. Let's put our past behind us. Let's move forward. Let's look at all the potential. But really, we can only go up from here. Let's, so I'm yeah. feeling happy Let, about that. Let's wipe the egg off her face. Let's pull our pants up, off our ankles, and just move on. Pants are up. Belt is buckled. Let's move along into week four. And while we're looking ahead at week four, we do obviously have to talk about some major injuries around the league that are going to impact our week four choices in confidence pool ratings. So do you have your know, crown? Did you put your crown uh, on? I did not pack my crown for today, but I okay. put the uh, figurative crown on my head as the in between. Okay. Good. And I will go ahead and get started here. First and foremost, big one, big name, uh, Tua Tagovailoa. Bob, you want to try and say that? Tua Tagovailoa. Whoa, he's practicing. <laughs> he hurt his back, neck, and or head in the win over the Bills this past weekend. Yes, you heard that correctly. The Dolphins did, in fact, beat the Bills. Um, and honestly, I was watching that game. It was a little scary, and it felt like it was actually probably he would be on my list for concussion people this week because he slammed his <laughs> head back, got up. He was kind of shaking it off. He tried to walk and started kind of fumbling around. His legs were given out below him. So it was actually a pretty scary injury. And the Dolphins are actually being investigated right now by the NFL to make sure that they actually did follow concussion protocol. Um, so beyond that, there's still an injury or something going on there. We're going to watch that. He's questionable right now and considered day-to-day. Another notable quarterback that we need to look out for is Justin Herbert of the Chargers. Uh, Bob mentioned they had a huge whopping loss to the Jags over the weekend. That was uh. a big surprise. Uh, Justin Herbert's still kind of struggling with that rib injury that he suffered two weeks ago. He is also day-to-day a big name to watch because he and, runs that offense. And not to cut in, would that make him a rib person? I guess, yeah, he could be uh, a rib person. Okay, he's a rib person. <laughs> He's a rib person. Next is also another quarterback, Mac Jones. You hate to hear about these quarterbacks because, I mean, they just they run the team. So uh, Mac Jones, this is a pretty bad one. He had a high ankle sprain. He looked like he was in a ton of pain when this happened. He's going to miss at least three to four weeks with this injury. He's going to be out for a while. And they've got their backup, Brian Hoyer. Um, who's been on multiple? Hey, he was like a bear, right? Well, he was he was a Sparty. Go green, go white. Yeah, go green, go white. But yeah, well, I think he was also backup on the Bears at one point. And I think he was on a couple different teams, but we'll see how he does. I'm not too sure. Um, some good news in the quarterback room is that Zach Wilson, who has been out for the Jets with a knee injury, is expected to return this weekend. Um, you like to see some good news. I don't actually know if that's good news for the Jets, but it's good for Zach. So we're, we're happy for him. 
It's good for the Wilsons, for sure. Maybe not the yeah. Flacco's, but... Yeah, good for the Wilsons, bad for the Flacco's, and maybe bad yes. for the Jets fans, because they Whoa. actually... I don't, I don't know. I think Flacco's been doing okay for them. He's been okay. They have a win, so that's good for them. Yeah, hey, that counts for something. Next up, look at looking at some running backs here. We've got a long list of them. We've got Dalvin Cook, who dislocated his shoulder on Sunday. He's considered day-to-day. we got to watch that one for sure, because a lot of the offense runs through him. Oh, this one breaks my heart to say, but my boy DeAndre Swift of the Rams. Man, such a He suffered two injuries, actually, uh, in the game on Sunday. He's got a shoulder injury and an ankle injury. He's expected to miss at least the next two weeks, maybe longer, depending on the timeline there. So that's a huge bummer. He's been explosive for us all season long. We've got Joe Mixon of the Cincinnati Bengals also who suffered an ankle injury. He is expected to play, but it is also questionable. Oh my gosh, I was going to say, that would suck if someone just got him traded to their team. Man, oh man. That would suck. And Bob actually just traded him to uh, my wife, Nick. So that's a... Sorry, Nick. Oh, sorry if you can hear my dog. Summit, Summit is mad at me for... Summit is pissed that Summit's you like, traded Joe Mixon to her mother. You traded a hurt player to my mama? How dare you? She's going to bite you. She's going to bite my face. <laughs> Another running back, and you're going to be sad about this one, Bob. David Montgomery of the Chicago Bears. No, no. He also has an ankle injury. He is likely to actually end up on injured reserve, so probably looking at a longer timeline than any of the other ones that we've mentioned here so Far. So that is a big bummer. No. Let's move along from the running backs. We've got a few wide receivers here on the list. Traquan Smith of the New Orleans Saints. He's a concussion people this week. He's likely going to miss this week's game, which heads up. We're going across the pond to London for that game. Hey, and fish, fish and chips. Getting some fish and chips, yes. <laughs> I don't know what that was. I don't either. That sounded good, though. But beyond that, they also got a banged-up wide receiver core with Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas, but they, they should be okay. But it's Traquan Smith who's questionable. And then Sterling Shepard tore his ACL. He's of the New York Giants. That is a season-ending injury. He will not be back. That is a big bummer for them, G-men. Lots of injuries. Yeah. Lots of bad things going on. Um, there's a bunch of other defensive players that I didn't even put on the list. We just kind of try to stick to the offensive weapons. But – there's some big names. There's some big names on that list. There's some big names, a lot of quarterbacks. You never like to see it, especially this early on in the season. But thankfully, other than Shepard, it doesn't seem like any are too, too uh, prolonged or serious. So fingers crossed, especially uh, with uh, Mike Montgomery, <laughs> JK, David Montgomery gets healthy and comes back on the field super, super quickly. So Definitely some big bummers up there, some big names, but I agree. Hopefully they will just be out for a few weeks and can get back out there and help help their team succeed. So 100%. let's go ahead and look at who's going to succeed this Thursday night at 8.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have the undefeated, yes, Whoa. undefeated Miami Dolphins at the Cincinnati Bengals in holy smokes. The fact that the Miami Dolphins are undefeated right now blows my absolute freaking mind. And I think that there is a reason for that. There's a couple reasons, actually, which, spoiler alert, I'm choosing the Dolphins Thursday night to beat the Bengals. Um, Obviously, that is a little bit contingent on Tua playing or not. Never really thought I would say that one, but 
Uh, that is contingent. If he doesn't play, that's a huge conversation we need to have because the Bengals have been starting to find their own way a little bit as of lately. But the reasons that I am choosing the Dolphins, I know we agree on this one, so I'll try to keep it short and sweet in the words of my dear co-host, Bob. I'll uh, listen to the time. The reason I'm going with the Dolphins here is because of their efficiency. Like, the fact that they beat the Bills on Sunday, first of all, it was just mind-boggling to watch them beat the Bills. Such a great game all the way through. And the reason why they did is because they were efficient. The Dolphins had 39 offensive plays compared to the Bills' 90. 39 to 90. That is absurd. That is a juicy nugget. Hope you're hungry. Nom, nom, nom. Get your big old cold pile of Heinz ketchup ready because we got the nuggets (laughs) flying today. Oh, baby. We got them flying. Uh, That's huge, though. And that shows a lot about efficiency to me on offense and on defense. The way that their defense was able to hold them to, I think it was like 20 points. On 90 plays, that is absurd. That is incredible. Huge credit to all those guys, offensive and defensively. They're they're just killing it out there. They're looking really, really good. And then the other reason I absolutely believe that the Dolphins are going to win this game is because of my Waymaker of the Week, head coach Mike McDaniel. I don't know if you – have you ever, like – done any sort of research or heard much about this guy, Bob? I can't say I have, no. Yeah, uh, me neither, because he's kind of out of nowhere, basically. He's, like, on the sideline. He's got his glasses. I've heard a couple of his, like, post-game speeches to the team. He's not super hype or anything like that. He's kind of like this nerdy McLovin-type guy. Like, he's just this interesting dude but I freaking love him. He's he. It's just hilarious. His demeanor. He's just like calm, cool, collected. He's not at all hype. He's. It's just really funny to see someone like that. He's this small guy in stature, and he just got this team that's just ripping and rolling through the NFL right now. He graduated through from Yale. He has coached on six different NFL teams, but he has always been some sort of like offensive assistant coach or running backs, assistant coach. He's never really had a huge role until 2021. He got promoted to offensive coordinator for the 49ers when Matt LaFleur left the team. And then from there, he just went straight to head coach for the Miami Dolphins. I don't know what made them go with this guy who clearly doesn't have a ton of huge, crazy coaching experience. He's just like a funny, nerdy little dude. And he's over here and he just went three and oh and beating really good teams too. He beat, he just beat the snot out of the bills by being extremely efficient and just being out there. And he's got his guys performing. It's pretty incredible. He's out there making moves. Mike McDaniel. I'm excited to see what he does. He's an early runner for head coach of the year in my book. So. Man, I'd say that is a great first wave maker of the year for you. And yeah, have not seen any of his post-game interviews or any of his shenanigans, but I definitely need to look into it because he sounds like he is a interesting dude, to say the least. But congrats to the McDaniel family. This is this is yeah, big. Congrats. This is big. We'll send we'll send the award, uh, the plaque your, to your house before too long. But yep, yeah, yeah, no, it's just, it's just interesting to see. He's like not not like a coach where he's got like swag or anything like that. He's just he's just like a nerdy little dude. I don't know. I love him already though. It's it's cool to see. <laughs> And I'm sure it goes without saying that all those Dolphins fans and everyone in South Florida is loving him as well. I think it's 
he's definitely welcomed right off the bat. And uh, how could you not be when you're 3-0? Exactly. Yeah, I'm sure Noah Noah Weibel shouts out. I bet he's liking them quite a bit. So shout out Dolphins. They've been looking really good. I think they're going to repeat. I've got them Thursday night, and I've got them at five. All right. So, yeah, I think that was great analysis. And you took a page right out of my book with staying short and sweet and then just kind of going along. And I thought that was really good insights, uh, some good nugs to start off the episode. Really, really, uh, you know, on a positive note there. And I agree. I think the Dolphins are going to win this game. And I have them at a confidence of five. Okay. Ding, ding, ding. Our, our very first matchup there, five and five. Love to hear it. But yes, I do apologize. Uh, I took a page out of your book on that one. I love it. I love it. (laughs) So we will move right along. Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. We are going across the pond to get some high tea and some other fish and chips and other things. And I don't know why I can't think of what an English accent is. So if you can help me out, that would be great. (laughs) Some fish and chips, eh? See, I, I feel like we're kind of both doing an Australian know, accent here. Wait, what are we doing right now? Uh, Why do we not know an English accent? We're going to have some tea and crumpets. Tea and crumpets. <laughs> Just think about Mary Poppins. There we go. Mary, Mary Poppins. All right. Mary well, Poppins. <laughs> we will figure out how to speak in some sort of better British accent, but probably, yes. probably not going to actually be better. But either way, we're going overseas to London, the international series of games. I think we've got... The next couple of weeks are in, we've got at least one game in London or something like that. So yes. first game international, we have the Minnesota Vikings versus New Orleans Saints at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Wake up with some football. Who you got? Man, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time, which makes it 8.30 Central Standard Time. So I'm going to have to set my alarm if I want to wake up for the kickoff of that one. I'm assuming I'm not going to be up by this, so I'm going to have to set those fantasy lineups Saturday night. But, yes, nothing better than waking up, getting that bowl of Lucky Charms, a little bit of coffee, and just turning on the tube to some live football. We love it. Yeah, I think this is actually going to be a pretty solid game. Well, I say that, and I have one of these teams at 13. So I take that back. I don't think this is going to be that solid of a game. But I think depending on the injuries to the Vikings, especially with Dalvin, as Mac alluded to, uh, so much of the offense goes through Mr. Cook. And, yeah, I, I feel like if he does not play on Sunday morning in England, that's going to be a big hit for the Vikings. But, I mean, they're they're looking solid, that offense. um, Really clicks, and I mean, hey, not not to be shooting the the pitchforks at you just yet. The Lions did an amazing job at totally taking Justin Jefferson out of the game on Sunday. And you're giving me a death stare, but I'm, you know, I'm I'm yeah, giving okay, your okay. I was just curious what you're gonna say. No, wow. I'm giving I'm giving the boy, you know, I'm giving your boys a little bit of of a pat on the back before I, you know, stab them below the belt a little bit when we're talking about that game. But all jokes aside, that was a very close game, and the only reason I bring that up is the fact that the Vikings. Um, could only, you know, get like 40 yards out of Justin Jefferson and still win a close game says a lot about their resiliency. So I do think the Vikings are going to win this game. The Saints had a really bad showing against the Panthers. They're one of the double-digit games that we got wrong, one of many. But I think the Vikings are going to win this game. I have them going across the pond and having some tea and crumpets and winning at a confidence level of 13. 
Okay, 13. Love to hear it. I agree that the Vikings are also going to win this game. Um, the reason I am a little lower on that, and feel free to, you know, we could be persuaded easily, but the Saints are actually already in London. They went directly there from Charlotte, from their loss on Sunday from Charlotte. They're already there. They're already getting acclimated. The Vikings do not travel to London until Friday. And that is a little bit scary to me for them to immediately play like less than 48 hours later. That's a little bit concerning. I do think the Vikings are good enough where they're going to be okay. I'm sure, obviously the teams, I'm sure, do all sorts of research into what's best for them, when they should travel, etc. Um, so I, hopefully it won't have that big of a deal or that big of an impact on them, but that's just a little bit scary to me that they are going to be essentially playing in the middle of the night as to what their bodies believe. So, yeah, that's an interesting strategy that they're going with. We'll see which one pays out, but I also have the Vikings. I also have them at double digits, but I have them at 10. You have them at 10. Okay. Have they never heard of like, I don't know, what's that called when you get on a long flight and then your body tries to catch up? What's that? What's like the term for that? Jet lag. Have they never heard of jet lag? Because that's... I mean, that's like seven, seven different hour, like, you know, that's a, a, yeah. a couple ma- massive time zones that they're crossing. So, I mean, yeah. we'll see how that strategy pays off, but very, very bold. Yeah, very bold strategy. I mean, I get wanting to like stay in your own routines at home and stuff, but I just feel like that's kind of important to let your body acclimate to the time zone there. But we'll see. Who knows what's going to happen there. One strategy will work and one strategy will not. So we'll know next week. We will find out next week. We will find out. Moving right along, Sunday, all day football action. Gotta love it. Next up, 1 o'clock p.m., the Seattle Seahawks and my boys, the Detroit Lions. And I am going with the Lions here for obvious reasons. I just love them. But then also, I actually do believe that they are going to win this game. I truly hope that they do. And the biggest reason being is our offense. Our offense has definitely produced quite a bit more than the Seahawks. I was just looking at a couple numbers. We've put up more than 100 yards, 100 yards more than Seattle in the first three games. Um, We're averaging about 31 points per game, whereas they're averaging about 15. And granted, our defense really needs to step up, but in a less electric offense than some of the ones that we've played, like the Eagles and the Vikings, I'm hopeful that we're going to have a chance to just right our ship this weekend. Um, and I have a really good feeling about the Lions, and you're gonna, you're gonna kill me. Oh my God! How many? <laughs> I apparently have just been drinking the Lions juice because I put them at twelve. No, 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 no! You didn't. <laughs> Are you are you joking? Are you are you no, pulling my I'm chain? I'm not. I'm not. You put the lines at twelve. Yes. Oh boy. Well, wave riders, we have quite a bit to talk about <laughs> off air because I mean, if have we were you seen the games this week. Okay, tell me, tell me what I'm so curious to know. What other games you're more confident in than the than the Lions? And I'm gonna give a rebuttal for every freaking one. Well. I don't want to, you know, give my cards here too too quickly here, but I'm confident in 12 other games more so than I am with your boys. I have you your boys. You have boy- my boys at one? No, I'm, I'm confident in 12 other games. So I, I have your boys at four. Oh, you have, oh, 12 other games. Okay. Yes. So I'll tell you why. Still four? Yes. Okay. Tell me why. Yes. Your, your, your boys, 
have been looking a lot better. They were looking like they were poised to have a great on-the-road win in Minnesota. They were up by double digits in the second half. The defense was looking solid. Even DJ Chark, he was doing some things. And yeah, golf is looking like he's not that big of a bum. So I was, yeah, I was texting you during the game, and I was like, wow, I am, you know, legitimately and sincerely impressed with your boys. But it kind of goes back to week one and week two as well. I know you guys, you know, skated out of there with a win against the Commanders. But until I am proven otherwise, the Lions, and I know this is going to hurt to hear, they have a knack for finding a way to lose games. And. You're not wrong. They definitely do. They definitely do have a knack for finding a way to lose games. A lot of times we shoot ourselves in the foot. Yes. The fact that we've let people come back. Like, we we easily should have won that game against Minnesota. And so that sucked. Like, there's no way we should have let them back into that game. And so that's what I was saying. Like, our defense really needs to step it up big time. But I feel like against – this is an underperforming offense that we're going up against. We're going against Geno Smith. Like – I agree. And I hey, think I, this is a really good opportunity for us to, like, kind of kick our asses into gear, you know? Whoa, explicit, explicit, explicit. Explicit, sorry, arses, explicit. Arse, <laughs> ass. Yes, hey, I agree. And, I mean, honestly, I think you should take what you get because this is the second week in a row going with your boys. And, hey, oh, that was that was the biggest eye roll of all time. That was unbelievable. That went, that did, like, 720, the eyes. <laughs> hey, I am choosing your boys. Right. I, am, I, am, I am treading lightly. I know I'm on thin ice here with choosing you know your boys and if they win handedly this week i will take a mental note and the next game that i think they'll win maybe i'll, I'll give a little bit more slack okay all right that's fair we'll I, talk yeah. well that's totally fair yeah we'll talk about confidence like levels offline since we both agree we, we can move right along so that way we don't uh don't take up more time just on the Lions. And yes, the let me like let me pick do. up my let me get my jaw off the ground after that twelve that you just <laughs> shot me with. Okay, four and twelve. So we have. Hey, if there's a week I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it against the Seahawks, the drowning Seahawks. Yes, that makes sense. I mean, to me. hey, that Plus, team did I beat. Got, I'm gonna throughout the rest of the games, everyone that you put above four, I'm gonna tell you why they shouldn't be. But anyways, moving Yay. right along. Yay! Lucky me. Can't wait. Right along. Cleveland Browns at Atlanta Falcons. Okay. Um, this is going to be one of those 12 games that I think is going to be a uh, easier game to choose than your boys. So there's this is exhibit A number one. But yeah. I'm prepared. Good. Good. She's prepared. She has a lot of pitchforks ready to, to throw across country at me in Chicago. So can't wait for it. But yeah, the Browns made a statement. They were... They were humpity-dumpty after week two. They lost to the Jets. They lost to Joe Flacco. And everyone's like, wow, this is classic Browns. Then they said, you know, F, F all y'all. Thursday night, they beat a Steelers team. And in Mitch we trust, maybe no more. I will uh, be the first one to put my hand up and say, I have some some uh, some egg on my face. I have, to, I have to get some of that paint makeup off my face because Mitch Mitch is really, trying to, or really starting to show his true colors. Is he really a NFL quarterback? Nick, my buddy Nick Winter, maybe plug your ears on this one. I don't know if Mitch really has what it takes to be a starter in the NFL, and it hurts me to say that. But until he proves me otherwise, yeah, that he, that was a pretty dismal performance. Um, yeah, wow, now Matt's really happy with me after that statement. But I do think the Browns are going to win this game. The Falcons, yeah, they had a solid win against the Seahawks. Um, they had their first one of the season. I think that's not going to be the first of many for them. I think the Browns finally are really tr- uh, starting to find a footing. And I don't know if this was mentioned in the injury report, uh, Miles Garrett was in a one-person car accident, and he—I'm not. Do you know? Is he not playing in this game? 
He is not playing. Yeah, okay. I was thinking about that as you were talking, that it was not okay. an injury report. But yes, he is not playing this weekend. And Javion Clowney is also not playing this weekend, right. which is why I'm concerned about this one, which is why they're lower than the Lions. Anyways, continue. <laughs> okay, interesting, interesting. Man, I got my face all over the place. Jeez, I'm just getting eggs tossed at me here like I'm in a carnival. But I do have the Browns. <laughs> I still think the Falcons and Marcus Mariota do not have a – um, conducive amount of weapons. Wow, good word, Bobby. Thanks. Conducive. I don't think they have enough weapons to win at a consistent level, even in Hotlanta. Um, so I have the Brownies, the Cleveland Browns, winning this game at a confidence of 11. Oh my gosh. We're so far off this week. I have the Cleveland Browns also winning this game, but I have them lower. I have them at seven because of those reasons. I'm concerned that they have they don't have their top two edge rushers this weekend. And mm. yes, the Falcons are still like a crummy team, but they're kind of finding their foothold with Drake London. He's been finding the end zone quite a bit. A um, little bit more concerned about them just going with like low two lower-ish teams going at it. So that's why Fair I'm enough. at seven. Seven eleven. Shout out Slurpees. Ooh, give me that Slurpee. Give me that Slurpee. Oh, <laughs> people are going to stop listening to us because of that. You know who needs a Slurpee? The people in just like really hot, humid states like Texas. Moving on down south, we've got the Washington Commanders taking on the Dallas Cowboys. And I have the Cowboys winning this game. What? You have Cooper Rush, a backup quarterback, winning this game? Yes, I do. And it is because they have actually been doing all right. Cooper Rush, CeeDee Lamb seem to have something going between the two of them. They've been finding each other, you know, all across the field. Zeke got, like, a good little a run, like an actual run last week, like an explosive run, which we haven't seen from him in a while. Yeah, he was out there eating when he found the end zone. Uh, Cowboys are actually looking pretty decent. And then also just defensively, you cannot argue the amount of weapons that they have on defense. And to me, what? When you hit your hand, that was so loud in my ear. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I just That was so loud. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, defensively, you can't argue it. And clearly we have seen the commanders can struggle when they have some pressure put on Carson Wentz. Um, I believe he was sacked quite a few times this past weekend. So I think the Cowboys are going to be able to replicate a lot of that. They're going to put the pressure on Carson. And I've got the Cowboys and I've got them at 11. Oh, so close to another ding, ding, ding. I agree. I think Cooper Rush is going to continue being 100% as a starter in terms of a win percentage. He is 3-0. He's never lost. And I think that's going to continue against a really crappy Commanders team. And man... All those naysayers that were, that were saying the Cowboys were done when Dak went down when they only scored three points the opening night against the Bucs. Well, it looks like the Cowboys might be getting their third straight win. I have the Cowboys winning, and I have them at 12. So we're starting to pick it up a little bit here. I know. Yeah, we are. We're, we're getting a little bit closer, but I totally agree. It's it's definitely interesting just to see see the Cowboys still doing okay. Um, yes. And, and Dak supposedly will be back within the next couple of weeks is what they say, but I think they can kind of take some more time with him. If Cooper Rush is doing okay, they can take their time getting him like fully healthy before they bring him back. And who knows, maybe they'll just keep Cooper Rush in there because he seems to be doing better than Dak. I mean, hey, if they just keep on winning, why switch something that's working? So yeah, if, it, if, it ain't, if it ain't broke... If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You don't fix it. 
and some teams that have a lot of fixing to do, but did a little fixing this past weekend, maybe, or was it a fluke? Who knows? I guess we'll find out when we see what happens with them moving on. I know you've got a bone to pick with probably both of them, as do I. We've got the Tennessee Titans at Indianapolis Colts. Okay. If there's a more frustrating game the rest of the NFL season with two teams that I could not hate more, I'd like to know what that could possibly be. And I, I guess I want to start this analysis off with a quick apology. I had a lot of uh, texts from Indianapolis police officers, my co-host, um, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, just wanting to make sure that my comment of if the Colts beat the Chiefs, that I was going to burn down the entire city of Indianapolis. Obviously, sometimes I like to exaggerate just a tad bit. But man, oh man, did I have some serious rage. The Colts have single-handedly taken all the eggs in the world, smashed them in our faces. They have humpty dump they have humpity dumpity us more than any team in the history of this podcast in three short weeks. Not only have we had them at 16 and lost, we have now chosen against them at 16 and lost. We are 0-3 against the Colts. And so help me, you know who. Like it if I if I trust the, the Colts again right now, and man, my blood is boiling right now, I cannot believe this, but I am going with the Colts in this game. And so help me, Matt Ryan. So help me, Jonathan Taylor. If you guys prove me wrong for a fourth straight week, I am going to get in Sabrina, a.k.a. my car. I am going to drive to downtown Indianapolis, and there will be a scene. I have the Colts. I'm treading lightly here. I have them at one. Because I'm still hurt. I still feel like I can't quite trust. It's like it's like after you really trust someone and then they break your heart. I feel like I'm just kind of holding my heart a little steady with the Colts because I've trusted them three times now. And they've really broken that trust, that circle of trust three times, whether it be them upsetting a team they shouldn't or losing in a game they shouldn't. So, Titans, this shows the little respect that I have for you. King Henry has been more like a, a joker Henry. He's really not doing much all season. So I have the Colts, and I have them at one. My rant okay. is complete. My rant is complete. I, I love it. That was great. Yes, I also have the Colts. I have them also pretty low. I have them at three. It is okay. difficult to trust them at this point. Yes, it is. And yeah, another team I don't really trust is coming on next. Oh, sorry. Did I say that out loud? We have the Chicago Bears at New York Football Giants. You didn't. You and, didn't start that game off correctly. You were supposed to say the first place Chicago Bears against you know the New York Giants. But sorry, this is yours. Continue. Tied for first place. <clears throat> first place. Okay, sorry. <laughs> first place. Not for long. The first place, not for long. Chicago Bears at the New York Football Giants. I know we disagree on this one, so I will go ahead and get us started. I've got the New York Giants, and I've got them at what you are going to think is way too high. Oh, my God. Are you? Have you been drinking all day? No, I haven't. I've been working, actually. Don't worry. I'll be drinking tonight. We'll see. You, you make me want to just take a little shot of something with all your fighting for the Bears for no reason. Wow. But anyways. <laughs> okay. Anyways, the reason I am going with the Giants here. Let me, let me start us off. I'm trying to look at each game, a little bit of my process, a little insight into what I do, is I compare just offense and defense, like matchup versus matchup. How are things looking? And I'm going to be honest, defensively, I feel like both teams are really neck and neck, right? So the New York Giants have been doing pretty good in defense. 
the Chicago Bears have been doing pretty good in defense. They've both allowed like 19 points per game-ish. It's it's pretty even matchups. Obviously, you got to take into consideration who they've played, of course. But in general, it's been pretty even. So let's look at the offense, right? That's where I'm going to make my decision. The Giants have a huge advantage over the Bears in offense. Yes, they do. And you're not going to like this, but I've got a pretty juicy nugget to back myself up. Let's just take a look here. I got my phone. I'm reading it off of my phone. No phones. No phones. Can't read off your phone. Oh, sorry. I already am. To begin this season, Bears quarterback, Justin Fields, your boy. Probably, would you imagine that he, would you consider him to be the best player on the Bears team? Nope. And why are you smiling when you're reading this? I'm confused. Oh, sorry. You, you wouldn't? Who's the best player on the Bears? Um, I would say Roquan Smith. He's in the NFL top 100. He's a stud. But continue. Okay, so, you, so you don't believe in your quarterback. Okay, good to know. Apparently, neither does your team because they do not let him throw with the ball. Justin Fields has set a record for the least amount of passing yards for a quarterback who started each of the first three games in any season. It is also the fewest amount of passing yards for any quarterback. Let me say that again. Any quarterback who has started three games since 1975. He has passed for only 297 yards for the first three weeks. It's the lowest since 1975, as I mentioned. And, oh, also, I'm just going to say, he has thrown for less than Jimmy Garoppolo and Cooper Rush, who have played a game and a half. So, clearly, the Bears don't trust him. I don't trust him. Giants are going to win this game. I've got them at six. That's okay. That's crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. <sighs> let me Let's go. What do you got? Why are you choosing me... the Bears? Because I can't think of a reason. I can't think of a genuine reason why you would choose them against the Giants other than your loyalty, which I get. Loyalty runs strong. Trust me. Clearly, I've got to put the lines at 12. But I'm just curious, like, what's your actual statistical reasoning? Man, you are on one today. Holy moly, coming at me from all Sorry, angles. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> speaking I'm of just needing like firing at you right now. Speaking speaking of needing to drink, oh my god, where's the bottle? Holy crap. <laughs> my goodness. I yeah, I geez, even I, I even you have to drink like way more. <laughs> I even was getting yelled at for choosing your boys, apparently not high enough. So Sorry. I I am here come the here comes the composure because I can't I can't respond to that out of emotion. I need to respond to all of our fans, all of our Wave Riders, all the Bears fans listening, all the Lions fans listening, all of the Dolphins, Giants, everything, to convince everybody that the Bears are going to win this game. And I'll tell you exactly why. First off, as I was alluding to about the Lions, your boys, sorry, you know, I'm, I'm okay with a little pitchfork right back here. That's that is an example. Some, sometimes a team finds a way to lose. Other, t- other ways, you know, other times a team finds a way to win – and that's exactly oh, you're right. You're talking about that last second field goal against the Houston Texans, the worst hey. team in the NFL that they just about lost to, except for the last like five seconds. Yeah, that's what you're talking about. Got it. Okay. Hey, that same Houston Texans team tied the Colts, who just beat the Chiefs, if you will, and they lost on a last possession score by the Broncos. So those Houston Texans are not as bad as one might seem. Thank you very much. I continue. Okay, sorry. On. No, it's okay. So all those stats, they're great. Those nuggets were not juicy. I sniffed them and I threw them out because I didn't like those nuggets. I don't eat those. I just dip them in the cool pile of Heinz and chuck them. I kick them. 
I don't like those types of nuggets against my boys, and I refuse to eat them. So anybody who wants those dry, meatless nuggets, have them, because they don't mean a thing to me. And I continue on. Justin Fields, week one, that was a monsoon. So yes, there wasn't many passing yards to be had week one. So take that with a little grain of salt. Last week, yes, I mean, wasn't his best performance, but my boys found a way to win. And yeah, week two against the Packers, that was a tough game. But my boys are kind of playing like they are confident they're going to win. This is a different Bears team. We are finding a way to win at the end of the game. We came back and we beat a really good Niners team week one. We came back and beat a solid Texans team in week three. And we are going to beat the Giants. They just lost their number one receiver, Sterling Shepard. Obviously, you never want to see someone hurt. You just lost your running back. But that actually kind of leads right into a very special, important player from the Bears. And this is someone who single-handedly came into the game, changed the, the the whole rest of the game and afternoon for the Bears, and that's why he is my Wave Maker of the Week. Splash, Khalil Herbert, backup running back, coming off the bench in a 23-20 win, 28 carries, 157 yards, two touchdowns. He led the he had led the entire league in rushing last week and played about three quarters of football. I mean, love you to death, David Montgomery, but but is Khalil Herbert the next Barry Sanders? <laughs> he started to seem like it. So all that to be said, don't want to take up too much time here. Want to make it short and sweet, but my boys are going to find a way to beat the Giants. The Giants barely beat a really bad Panthers team. They barely beat an okay Titans team. And they looked pretty bad against a Cooper Rush-led Cowboys team at home on Monday night. It's a short week for the Giants. They lost their number one receiver. And my Bears, they're they're a first-place club right now. I have the Bears, and I have them at two. Bum-bum. I'm glad you at least kept them low, but... Okay, I guess we're gonna we're gonna move along from the Bears, so we're not taking up more time talking about both of our teams yet again because we always do this. We pretty much stick on both of those games. We're just so passionate. We're just really passionate. Uh, this is one that I'm gonna need a lot more convincing on to be persuaded, just because I okay. really do believe that the Giants are gonna win. It's also in New York, but I digress. Moving along, let's move on to the next game, the Jacksonville Jaguars, probably the surprise of the NFL season thus far. I think so. At Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, and I believe this one's mine. It felt like the last one was mine because that was another little rant. But yeah, this one, I have it probably a little too high because the Jags have gained our respect and everybody else in the NFL that watches. I think they've done enough to gain some respect and some notoriety. They just beat the absolute wheels off of the Chargers. My AFC pick to get to the Super Bowl. So egg on my face, humpity dumpity. They beat them in LA by 28 points. Yeah, Herbert was a little, he was a little hobbled. He has the, the rib situation going on. But when you beat a team in their house by 28 points, I don't care who they're playing. That's impressive, especially when they're a Super Bowl hopeful team. Uh, the Jags had also, who did they? Oh yeah, they shut out the Colts the week before. So Lord Farquaad, shout out to you. I know Donkey and Shrek are even more so um, happy with you after last week, but I think the Jags are going to be a team that some 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 other teams in the AFC South are going to have to give a little bit more notice to. Uh, their coach Doug Peterson also joining um, your Wave Maker of the Week as a early Coach of the Year candidate, but the Eagles are just looking so good. That offense is thriving. 
Uh, Jalen Hurts is starting to look like a guy that might actually be an answer to bring the Eagles back to a Super Bowl contending team, which, I mean, yeah, they're the last undefeated team in the NFC, so it'd be silly for me to say they're not right now. This game is in Philly, one of the most ruthless and hardest places to play, and because of all those factors and still it being the Jags, I need to see a little bit more to, like, I don't know, especially in a week where there's so many good games. Sorry about this, Jags. Sorry about this, Lord Fard Quad. Fard Quad. Far Quad. I have the Eagles. I have them at 15. So I'm a little nervous with that, but yeah, 15. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm also a little nervous about this game. I could definitely see this being like upset potential here. Um, it is interesting. A, another big storyline, obviously, their Jags' new head coach, Doug Peterson. He was the old coach for the Eagles and brought them to the Super Bowl. So that's just a good storyline. He's returning to Philadelphia, I think, for the first time since he, he left there. Uh, that'll be Good shouts to out. Totally yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, good little nug-nug there. Nug-nug. I'll eat that one. Good little, little nug there. I'll eat that one. But, yeah, I'll eat that one. But yeah, no, I, I don't know. Jacksonville surprising me. I agree. I'd like to see a little bit more consistency, I guess, from them. But they are definitely an early surprise. Hoping the Eagles can hold on here. I've got them at 13. Okay. This is really scary because I do see some upset potential here. That makes two of us. So, Eagles, come on. Stay hot come for on, us, please. Eagles fly, Eagles fly. Fly, fly Eagles fly. Win. Fly us to those Buco Bucks. Come on. Baby. Uh, another game I've got in double digits pretty high here is the New York Jets at Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, this is also a little scary because the Steelers are not the greatest team out there, as you were already talking about, Mitch. Uh, there's obviously lots of chance for Kenny Pickett to come out there, turn the ship around. Coach has said that it's, they're going to stick with Mitch. And as you said, in Mitch we trust, I personally do not trust. Um, but I'm hopeful that he can get a win against a pretty rough-looking New York Jets team, especially with Zach Wilson returning. I do actually think it's going to hurt them a bit. Um, they've clearly established some sort of rapport with Flacco and the wide receivers and all that. I, I just don't think it's going to be immediate meshing. I mean, maybe Zach Wilson is the move in the long run, but I think short-term it's going to hurt them a bit. So I've got the Steelers, and I've got them at a terrifying 14. Oh my goodness. Okay. That was a little higher than I expected. I also have them at a terrifying 10, I thought, but you were just like, I'm all in against how bad yeah. the Jets are. And uh, yeah, I guess it, I'm not all in on the Steelers. I'm all, I'm all in on the Jets being bad. I respect I'm that. that the, I mean, the Steelers have a decent defense. I know TJ Watts hurt and stuff, but the Steelers have a decent defense that hopefully they can do something. And I'm hoping Najee just runs all over them. I think he will. Najee, come on, help out making waves. Help out Max Fantasy Team. We need you. Najee, let's go, man. Kick it in. Let's go. Alabama, Crimson Tide, represent. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I'm going to save time on this. I got Steelers at 10. Uh, Mitch, this is a chance for him to save his career. Uh, If he has another bad game, I think he's going to be out of there. So yeah, Steelers, I mean, what what do we got? Oh, also, playing at the former Heinz Field. I know it's a a new name. A big old pile of ketchup. (laughs) Big old pile of ketchup. Oh my gosh, oh. Yeah, Steelers, you better do it for that advertisement. Come on now. Do it for Hines. Do it for Hines. Another team that's really got to do it this weekend because they lost in a crazy, crazy game. The Buffalo Bills, that game was just insane. I'm just going to. I'm just going to remember that game for a while. I'm also going to remember the um, – there's a lot of tantrums thrown throughout that game. I don't know. Have you seen the um, – 
the whole thing with the Bills offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, and his big fit that he threw at the end. Oh, I saw him in the box, like, chucking yeah, all his shit. Yeah, just, slamming the tablet down, just it, losing his shit. Absolutely. Childish stuff. Childish stuff. I did see that. Bad look for Ken and the Dorsey fam. Yeah, kind of a bad look there. He's, he said he would learn from it. But also, yeah, even well, Josh Allen. I mean, we saw a side of him. He ripped this guy's helmet off in the in like the during the tackle in the middle of the play. Yeah. And then they lost. Literally, they spiked the ball, like, and they made that field goal. I don't know. It was a crazy end of the game. Great game. We won't spend too much time on it. Uh, but, yeah, we've got the Bills at the Ravens this weekend, and it's your analysis. So, go ahead. Sorry, I was just chit-chatting away. It's okay. You're taking some pages out of my book. I uh, I can't be a hypocrite on that one. So, just, hey, do your <laughs> thing. Do your thing. But, yes, South Florida might have been some, like, crazy Miami Heat last week, but that was a wild game. And this is the game of the two teams that just lost back-to-back to the Dolphins. So the Dolphins are watching this one like, huh. I mean, what's what, what's so good about these teams? We just beat them back-to-back week. So um, I do think both these teams are absolutely in the running for the best team in the AFC. And I think these might right now be two of the top three quarterbacks. Two. Two of. Two of. <laughs> He's the other three. Of the two, or two of the top three quarterbacks in the total NFL right now. Uh, I have Lamar on one of my fantasy teams and I'm sorry, Mr. Jackson. He's had back to back 40 point games for me. He is absolutely lighting it up. And it's so hard to pick against the bills to win or to lose two games in a row. This is in Baltimore. Uh, I just think it was such an emotional loss for the bills. I think they're going to, they're going to get it together. Uh, this one is also really, really like nerve wrackingly high, but I think between the bills defense and I just think, looking at statistics, like a team like the Bills, I don't think they'll lose twice in a row all season. So that's the main reason I have them marching into uh, the city of Edgar Allan Poe and beating the Ravens by a confidence of seven. So that's a little scary going against Lamar Jackson at seven, but I don't think the Bills are going to lose twice in a row, and that defense is so good. So That is very Ugh. scary. It's probably going to be even scarier that I have them higher. I have them at nine Ugh. in the Ravens. Also very concerning and scary uh, just because Lamar is incredible out there. Uh, but I agree. I he is. Defense, their defense for me. Um, I mean, uh, defense and offense, honestly. They're just – the Bills are so good. Um, so, yeah, I, I've got them. That's not too far off. We will reconcile that. Ooh, good word, Mackie. Yes, thank you. Reconcile wow, reconcile. Very nice. Off air. Next game, hopefully we won't have too much to reconcile. Sure, we hopefully agree. Pretty high. We've got the Los Angeles Chargers at Houston Texans. And I guess this is kind of scary putting them this high because – the Chargers just got absolutely manhandled by the Jags. They need a huge turnaround here. Um, definitely looking forward to bouncing back because that game was just ugly. Hopefully Herbert will be healthy. Hopefully he'll be feeling pretty good. And then obviously there's the Texans on the other end. You did mention, and I do agree with this, they are a better team than probably what we think. Um, they've got some they've got some good weapons. They've got, you know, Davis Mills, of course, and and some other, some other guys making some plays out there. But ultimately, I just don't think the Texans have what it takes to be considered like a good team. Um, they're still not a great team to me. So I think the Chargers are going to bounce back. I've got this as a rebound game for them. And I've got them at a scary high confidence of 15. 15. All right. I 
Definitely agree. I think the Chargers are not what we saw on Sunday, and I think they are the Super Bowl hopefuls that we all expected them to be. I think Herbert having another week um, since the rib injury, he's going to be looking good. And even though the Texans really played a great Bears team to the end, I think ultimately the Chargers are going to go into Houston, and I have them at an even scarier high level of 16. So this is my highest confidence level of the week. And I think I'm 0 for 3. Yeah, I think I'm 2. I think I've missed 2 out of 3 or maybe all 3 of my highest confidence level so far. So hopefully we can we can turn the tides here this week. Let's turn yeah, the tides. Maybe we should move that. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we should move that down and start and maybe switch it to the Texans. I don't know. No, well, maybe we should switch to the Texans. I guess you'll have to tune in next week to see what we go with. Um, but until then, we got to move along to the Sunday afternoon slate of games. But before we do, it is time for a word from our sponsors. Hmm. Today's sponsor of week four, Making Waves, is brought to you by Pepto-Bismol. Nausea, heartburn, indigestion, if you have an upset stomach or diarrhea, take Pepto-Bismol. If you have too many nachos, if you drink too many beers, if your team loses at the last second and your stomach feels a little queasy, pop some pepto It'll make you better right away. Ooh. I think that's the longest ad I've ever heard. <laughs> I was trying to wrap it up, and it, I just couldn't. It just kept going. It just... Nice. All right. Well, thank you, Pepto-Bismol. I'm going to take you if the Lions lose to the Seahawks on Sunday. Yeah, that one was easy because I kind of have a little bit of a tummy ache right now, so I just, in my head, thought, I need some Pepto-Bismol. So, oh, Pepto-Bismol. Man, sorry to hear that. Well, we'll yeah. just keep plugging along, try to distract you with all these next this next slate of games here, starting with the Arizona Cardinals at Carolina Panthers. And I believe this is my analysis, correct? That is correct. Thank you, thank you. Just wanted to double check. Yes, this is another one I can save some time on because I am pretty dang sure this is going to go one way. The Panthers are just a yucky team. They're kind of just like, they're kind of like when you pour a nice cup of joe and you're having a great morning and then you have like moldy creamer that you put in. That hasn't happened to me, but that's happened to my co-host before. And it's just not a good, it, it means like sometimes the creamer is good, sometimes it's chunky. And the Panthers just seem like chunky creamer, in my opinion. Um, crazy, <laughs> crazy analogy, but they're just, I can't trust, trust Baker. I don't really trust McCaffrey because I just saw he was on the injury, like questionable again for like a thigh thing. So it's his ankle, it's his foot, it's his thigh. Like this dude just can't stay on the field and it just sketches me out. So I think the Cardinals are better than people think. I think they're going to march into Mac and Nick's home state. And I have them beating the Panthers at a confidence level of 14. Gasp! Whoa! Whoa. That is concerning to me. Uh, do you need? Do you need some? We have pretty far. Do you apart. need some Pepto Bismol after that? Yeah, give me some Pepto after that one because I'm a little nervous. Um, I also have the Cardinals uh, winning this game, but I have them on much lower. I have them at eight, and the reason being is because yes, I agree the Panthers are not a very great team by any means, but their defense seems to find a way to get some things done. They've, they've been doing okay. Obviously, Baker is not at all a, a great quarterback. Sorry, Baker. Sorry, sorry, Mrs. Mayfield. Uh, but he's just not been doing well. I totally agree with what you mean. And I'd be fine with moving them up a little bit just because the Cardinals 
show flashes. And of course, Kyler Murray is someone that's pretty easy to bet on. But also the Cardinals. The Cardinals have not been what we all think, I feel like, ever. Um, I'm just no, still no. waiting for them to like really shine. I feel like they everybody has expected them to be just this like elite team. And I've never seen them like break that cusp yet. So uh, th- that's why I have a little concerns there. That's why I've got them at eight. And we'll we'll figure out what we want to do with that one. We'll figure it out off air. We will chat about it off air, but yeah, okay, eight and fourteen, not too shabby. Yeah. Okie dokie. Uh, next game is the New England Patriots at Green Bay. Green Bay. Green Bay <laughs> Packers. Sorry, I need some. Definitely need some Pepto Bismol after saying that name. Uh, we've got the no. We've got the we've got no Mac Jones this weekend and for the next several weeks. So that is something that I got to take into consideration. Obviously, we mentioned we've got backup quarterback Brian Hoyer, go green, and go white. Yeah, go white. Uh, but yes, I hate to do this. This one really hurt. This one really really hurt. But because the Patriots have a backup quarterback. Ah, I chose the Packers. I chose my sixteen. <clears throat> Did you just say you chose the Packers and you chose my sixteen? Yes. Okay, that's just the <laughs> final nail into my stomach ache that you've been giving me this this entire episode. I need to chug some Pepto Bismol. Sixteen. Okay. It hurts. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. It hurts really bad. But the the I'm sorry, not the Eagles. The Patriots were already struggling with Mac Jones, and now they just lost their starting quarterback, who was really Oof. the only thing keeping them together. I mean. Ah, that's just really concerning to me. In the Packers, yes, I don't like them. Ugh, I hate Aaron Rodgers. He is like my arch nemesis. Uh. But their defense is also really good. And I hate to say that. I hate ugh, ugh, I hate to say that. But that's why I have the Packers. I'm putting Cabinet's pool above heart right now. I just chugged some chunky creamer. Oh, my goodness. Lions at 12, Giants at 6, and now the Packers at 16. One, two, three punches, and I am out cold. <laughs> I do, unfortunately, think the Packers are going to win this game. They just beat the Bucks in Tampa, and now they have a quarterbackless Pats team in Green Bay. I have the Packers winning. I couldn't, I couldn't dare put them at double digits, so I have them at nine. Are you serious? So I'm, Even I'm serial. Like we got to set. Okay, we'll talk. No, no, about no, that was that. Go ahead. That was that was a real genuine like I thought there were nine out of out of sixteen, but yeah I wasn't sure that Mac was going to be out so we'll we'll rearrange but let me tell you we are not putting them at sixteen and you can put that to the bank. Okay, so we're gonna put your team that you chose at sixteen, the one that you've gotten zero for three on. Ah, touche! Dang it. All right, we will talk about it. I'm just saying, try to, you know, separate a little bit, head and heart. We're going for the Buko box. we got to be honest. I know. What, what have I not separated head from heart ever? Literally like 10 minutes ago when we were talking about the Bears. <laughs> and moving on. And moving on, the last game of the Sunday afternoon slate of games, the Denver Broncos at Las Vegas Raiders, two teams who have not been living up to expectations. No, two teams that we expected to be AFC champion contenders, and they have not done so. Um, And I was very, I was initially very shocked when we agreed on this game because I thought this was for sure going to be one we didn't. But me and Mac both agreed uh, on the team that's going to win this game. And right now, there's one team in the NFL that we, the start of the episode, alluded to being 
0-3. They're one of two teams without a win. The Texans are 0-2-1, and the Raiders are 0-3. So the Raiders are the only team without, at the very least, a tie. And I don't think anybody, after they made the playoffs last year, added possibly the best wide receiver to their squad in the offseason, would have suspected them to start the season at 0-3. But here we are, three weeks in, and the Raiders are 0-3. Broncos... Yeah, they're two and one, but they're like a sketchy two and one. They barely beat the Texans, and they should not have beaten the Niners on Sunday Night Football. They looked so bad all game, and they had a touchdown at the end. And the, the Niners shot them foot, the, shot themselves in the foot literally all night. Broncos should be one and two at the very best. I think the Raiders are going to get back on their horse. It's in Viva Las Vegas. The crowd's going to be pumping. The clubs are going to be rocking. The DJs are going to be spinning, and I think the Raiders are going to get their first win of the season. Renfro's back from his concussion. Uh, they had a heartbreaking loss a couple weeks ago. They're going to rebound, and I have them beating Russ and Les Ride at a confidence level of five. Yes, I have the Raiders also beating Broncos country. Les Ride. But I have them winning at one because I'm scared. Okay. I'm, I'm, scared. I'm a little I'm scared. Help. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Help. I was originally, when we were going through these, really nervous about how far away we are. But you know what? Last week, we only had six games right, and we were, like, right on with all of our confidence. So maybe this is, like, you know, a good sign that we hey, are disagreeing. Maybe this is a recipe for success for us to just, like, battle each other a little bit. I, I actually think that's good because then we think about all the different perspectives. Exactly. We can put our heads together. And speaking about two things and putting your heads together – Two is better than one, and two ads are better than one. And before we hop into the Sunday night game, we all would love, we're dying to hear from our second sponsor of the show. Hit us. Okay, you're getting pretty good at that, hanging on to the mic and just going right into the transition. So, uh, this Making Waves episode for week four of the NFL is brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you're feeling hot and you're at the game, if you don't have a drink, well, that's a shame. I know you don't want to be a joke, so grab yourself Cokey Coke. Coca-Cola. The official soft drink sponsor of Making Waves. (laughs) What the hell did I just listen to? Great that was, jingle. I honestly, honestly, like I'm laughing, but that was. Did yes. you? Did you? Did you like? Good jingle, right? Did you think? Did you think of that literally on the spot, or did you think about that early? No, I just literally thought of that. <laughs> oh my god! When you started that off really slow, it reminded me of someone like at like a bodega or like and a really. I don't know why my. I don't know why my mind went to like a New York City stoop and like some old guys going. Da, 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 da. <laughs> you just, like you West Side Story, like. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> With your little, like, old-time cap on, whatever they call those, and just kind of like, ba-ba-ba. Wow, man, that was your – I know you don't give yourself a lot of credit for your ads. Two weeks in a row, you oh, for sure man. had the better ad. So we need, to, we need to listen to our, our one of our biggest fans, Paige Redner. Shout out to you, Paige. She's been asking for an ad on our Instagram page as a post. That might have to be the first one, so we'll see. It might have to. Um, but, but work, now, work, work, <laughs> But for now, we got to move along because I know we still disagree on one more game. And that was take a little while. So oh, Sunday night, 8.20 p.m., Kansas City Chiefs at Tampa Bay Bucks. And I'll start this one off first and foremost 
Hurricane Ian, who is making landfall as we speak, could actually impact this game. Um, as of right now, they're planning to still play in Tampa Bay, but there are two alternative locations, neutral locations, in the event that they cannot host this game in Tampa Bay. Um, it's supposed to be neutral, make it even for each team, but of course that is a slight disadvantage for Tampa Bay. They have to go from being at home and they are going off somewhere else when I'm sure there's a lot going on with their mind. It is a pretty catastrophic hurricane. If you're listening, be safe. Evacuate if they tell you to. Listen to the protocols. All that stuff. Anyways, moving along, back to football. This is a close game. This is one that I could absolutely be persuaded on. But there's one thing that tipped it over in the favor for me to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that is their defense. And if you will just close your eyes, travel back in time with me for a moment. Think back. Two years ago, Super Bowl. Everyone thought of Kansas City as this, like, hot shot, new, shiny team. Patrick Mahomes was just going to be this incredible superstar. We're so excited. He's playing the GOAT. What a great storyline. He's going to just roll right through him. He's the new man in town. And that did not happen. And the reason why is I was kind of looking back at some of those stats, and it was pass rush for them. They were all over Patrick Mahomes in that game. And honestly, they are still going to be hopefully all over them. They are ranked right now as number five in defensive fronts. They added Akeem Hicks, who your boy from the Chicago Bears, you know. Miss you. Miss you, Akeem. Miss you, Akeem. You know he's a great defensive player. They have Vita Vea. They have Shaquille Barrett. They have great defense. They have an elite defensive line, in my opinion. And we saw this work last weekend against the Colts from the, or I'm sorry, against the Chiefs from the Colts. The Colts put pressure on Patrick Mahomes. They did not let him take the time to pass and do what he does. And I think if the Bucs can replicate that, they have the talent to do it. They are going to win this game, I think. But I am very nervous because, of course, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. So I have the Bucs and I have them at two. All righty tidy. Wanted to switch up the okay after you finish your analysis there. Yeah, I also, this is one of those games that I can absolutely be swayed on. As Mac alluded to, fourth alluded to of the episode, yes. She said that obviously we don't have this game the same. Um, I do have the Chiefs winning this game. But as Mac was just kind of giving her points, I was starting to sway the Bucks away. Especially because Mike Evans hasn't played the last... Uh, game and a half since he got suspended and they did have a chance with a two-point conversion to tie the Packers head overtime and that was before or without excuse me Mike Evans so this is gonna be such a good game I just hate betting against the Chiefs and it's kind of like the Bills situation like I can't like I can't convince myself to bet against them that they're gonna lose for a second straight week because they're so good and so talented I am so happy this is on Sunday Night Football, and I think we're all going to be eating our popcorn and just sitting all fat and happy on the couch watching this game because it's going to be good. Um, ultimately, I just think the Chiefs have more firepower on offense, and their defense has been pretty impressive. I have them beating the Bucks at three, but this is for sure one that I would not be surprised if we ended up going Tampa Bay because they are at home. They will have Mike Evans back. Um, and it, how could you bet against the GOAT to lose two in a row, too? So something's got to give, and it's going to happen on Sunday Night Football. But, man, oh, man, we are... Ooh, we're in for a doozy. 
Yeah, we're definitely going to have to talk about that one because I think we both could go either way. So we'll figure that one out. Either way, it's going to be a great game. And we are going to wrap up this week with one final good interdivisional game. Monday night, 8.15 p.m., Los Angeles Rams at San Francisco 49ers. Yes. I know we always do this with the good games at the end of the week and not having a lot of time on them. Um, so I am going to make this pretty quick. But this all goes back to the fact that the Niners own the Rams. And we talked about this little nugget, hope you're hungry, nom, 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 last year on the podcast. And then the Rams came back and ended like the seven-game lo- losing streak against the Niners in the NFC Championship game to get to the Super Bowl. So I think that crux has finally been broken. I think the Rams know that they can beat the Niners. And the Niners are struggling. Um, they are just such a... Such a injured team. They have, I'm convinced they have the worst luck with injuries out of any team in the National Football League. And they lost their, uh, I know it was on the injury report, um, but their offensive lineman, he's like an all pro Hall of Famer. I think it's Trent Williams. He's out with like a sprained ankle for, um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, did you mention that one? No, I, I didn't because um, I'm usually just focused on like quarterbacks and wide receivers and running backs. But yes, you're, you were right. Trent yeah. Williams. So good. Okay. So Trent Williams, he's out. Um, obviously, there's no Elijah Mitchell. Kittle's still kind of banged up. So it's basically, you know, Debo and and uh, Jimmy G. And Jimmy G did not look good on Sunday night. So I think the Rambos are going to march into um, Gold Rush Country, into San Fran, into the Golden Gate Bridge City of Lights. And I think they're going to beat the Niners. I'm nervous about this confidence because it's way too high. And the Niners own the Rams, but I have them at eight. Yeah, that, that is a little nerve-wracking just because all those reasons that you mentioned, they seem to have some sort of hold on them. But I agree. I do think the Rams are going to win this game. They've got more going for them, I think, offensively and defensively. I have them at half, slash it in half, at four. Slash it in half. Okay, so, folks, I think it goes without saying that we have a lot to chat about offline. And, yeah, hopefully we, we have some buco bucks that we're going to be floating in front of y'all next week. I hope so. Instead of slashing our confidence in half, we're going to at least double it, I hope, this week because we can only go up from here with this past week. We struggled quite a bit. We're going to turn it around. This is our promise to you. Tune in next week to see how we did. We cannot wait to talk to y'all then. Peace. Peace. <laughs>